Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Autumn Action News Podcast. My name is Jessica Joaquin. I am a reporter for the Autumn Action News newspaper, and I am here with my co-host, Marissa Johnson, who is also a reporter for the Autumn Action News. Hey, Marissa. Hi. How are things going? Are you staying safe out there? Yes, it's getting hot too, so I don't mind staying in. Oh, I know, but that, that electric bill is going to be sky high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> So this episode is a little bit different. This is where OAN gets a chance to connect with community members, see how they're doing, get some more interviews, and just kind of get a little deeper than we would in a normal article. All right, so let's get started. In the April 16th issue, we highlighted community member Elder Barbara Johnson. She painted a picture of her life growing up in the Salt River Pima Maricopa Indian community, starting by speaking the Otham Nyak, or language, in her household, Helping her grandparents on the farm, she started singing in her grandfather's church choir as a child. This set the foundation to her helping preserve the autumn language in the community, working with cultural resources department and senior center. After she retired, she continued to help the community by participating in the CRD monthly Humapit gatherings, giving opening and closing prayers at community events, and teaching those who want to learn the language by speaking or singing in autumn. Autumn Action News sat down with Barbara and asked her what were some of the things she liked to do when she was younger. And this is what she had to say. How did I learn how to dance? I don't know. I just went to dances and started swinging around. <laughs> but my favorite was the two-step. The two-step was my favorite. Why did you like the two-step? Huh? Why did you like the two-step? Because it's more swingier. It's more faster. And you try to dance the regular dance. You have to get out of the way because others are dancing that don't know how and bump into you. <laughs> and you said your favorite was the Joaquin Brothers? Yeah. It was really nice to know a little bit more about her. She is my grandma, and hearing about her love for music is just heartwarming. And to hear that her favorite band was the Joaquin Brothers. So I have a question, Jess. Yeah. Do you know who the Joaquin Brothers are? Yes, I do know um, who she's speaking of when she speaks of the Joaquin Brothers because that is a part of my family. My grandfather was the lead member of that band, and it's just really cool to hear, you know, somebody speak about him and speak about the band like that. And, uh, you know, it brings nice warm thoughts. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's amazing. Chicken Scratch goes back so far and it was a huge part of the community. It still is. Yeah, still is. Yes, the young ones are definitely still picking up instruments and learning how to play Chicken Scratch music. Cool. Well, a great story. Thank you for uh, sharing that with us. Awesome. All right. So next in our April 16th issue, we also covered community member Daisy Asian, a senior at Westwood High School, who signed to play basketball at Benedictine University in Mesa. Alongside her, two seniors from Salt River High School were also signed to play ball for Benedictine University, Anna Cauldron, and community member Kiana Loring. We spoke with Kiana Loring on what she felt like when she was able to sign that paper to Benedictine. Um, when I got accepted, I was really surprised. I was really shocked. It was 
it was really unexpected to me because I before you know people when I would talk about college um, people kind of assumed that I was talking about going for basketball because I was always playing and I always thought like that's like a once once in a lifetime opportunity to get that a, a scholarship and so when I got it I was like really shocked but I was really happy at the same time and when I told my family about it everyone was just telling me to take the opportunity and to make the most out of it because there's not many other students who are able to have those kind of opportunities and I'm really lucky that I was able to get one. We also spoke to Salt River High School coach Kyrona Roanhorse who also praised how proud she is of both girls furthering their game to the university level. No matter what's going on or what's happening I still make sure I if their goal was to get there I try to do my best to get them what they want and to help them and guide them along the way. I was like you know Talking with them, I, you know, in person, like before I, we even went forward with each step, I mean, I told them like, it's a different ball game. Like, you know, I, everybody always thinks that, you know, your accountability at practice and stuff like that. You know, I was always on them about it, communication and stuff like that. Like, it, I mean, I'm just trying to build pieces. So that way, if they do continue playing basketball in college, that they understand that it continues there. You know what I mean? Like it continues further and they ask a little bit more of you. So, um, and then it's, like I said, it's a balancing um, thing. You got to balance, <laughs> you now got to balance school. You got to balance your social life. You got to balance probably, you know, when we first did preseason, we did three day practices where we're like five in the morning, four in the afternoon and seven at night. You know, whether we're watching film or we're watching, walking through plays, like I tell them that it's, it's going to be pretty strict and you just have to be, be able to um, manage your time so but I, I am I'm excited for them I, I, I can't wait to see what they're what they'll bring to the team and to help their teammates and for them to be successful at Benedictine um, of Mesa so looking forward to it. We have some truly talented athletes here in the community and we wish them all the best as they further their education and take basketball to the college level. Yes, absolutely. Good job, ladies. I, you know, I think I can speak for everybody listening is that we are very, very proud of you and we wish you all the best of luck in your future endeavors and go Red Hawks. Yes, congratulations, ladies. So let's stay on this basketball topic, Jess. Let me ask you something. Have you been watching Michael Jordan's The Last Dance? Oh boy, have I been watching it. Yes, Marissa, this has been an insane time for me. Sunday nights are something that I look forward to all the time now. I'm super excited. You know, I got to make sure I have a whole ritual. You know, I got to make sure that the place is quiet. The place is dim. I've got some LED lights that I could change into different colors. And I put it, yes, I I put it to this bull red is what I'm calling (laughs) it. I put it to this bull red so my whole apartment's kind of lit up with this red lighting. And then I go and I put on my Tony Kukoc jersey that a friend got me. So I sit there in the dark, you know, watching this without any kind of distraction. I don't want anybody messing with me and actually kind of let it load a little bit so I can start um, skipping the commercials, you know, so it's a big ordeal for me. How about you? I just make sure I have some good food and all my (laughs) notifications are turned off. Like this last week, I had a Chicago deep dish and made sure that it was hot, ready to go. And like I said, turned off all notifications. I'm not going to be disturbed. 
Wow, Marissa, you know, like I, I feel like I'm an old lady, you know, I was I was young teenager when Michael Jordan was in in his prime. But, you know, you seem like you're, you know, of the younger generation. How did you get into um, Michael Jordan and the Bulls? Well, I have to thank my best friend for teaching me everything that he knows, because he is a huge MJ fan. And along with just basketball, teaching me about his ethic he also got me into shoes. I collect shoes now. And I have to say my prized possessions are my Concord 11s there. I, I don't even want to wear them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to get them dirty. Yeah. Oh, man. So you have like precious, precious possessions um, based around around Michael Jordan. Now, you mentioned something regarding his like work ethic. I think a lot of people can relate to that you know like it's not easy becoming the greatest basketball player of all time he worked very very hard and that's what I'm seeing in this documentary yeah okay well if you are unfamiliar I know we kind of just jumped into it but if you are unfamiliar about what we are talking about we are talking about The Last Dance it is a 10 episode documentary about the 97-98 Bulls team Chicago Bulls team the team gave a film crew an all-access pass during that particular season which ended up being spoiler alert the Bulls last championship the documentary focuses on Michael Jordan the greatest of all time, and it premiered on April 19th. And currently at the time of this recording, four episodes have been released. ESPN is releasing two episodes every Sunday, and I am completely enthralled in it, if you could not tell. And I think you can tell as well that Marissa is too. So we are just huge basketball fans. And you know what, Marissa? I thought that this would be a great opportunity to reach out to a couple of other basketball fans and get their take on it. Not only, yes. yeah, here we go. We're going to do this. Not only regarding the documentary, just just the love of basketball in general. I'm excited. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. My first interview was with community member Jessica Scabby. She played ball in college and is a huge Michael Jordan fan. I asked her to introduce herself and tell me about her love of basketball that went all the way back to childhood. Uh, my name is Jessica Scabby. I'm from Lehigh. My dad used to take me to all the basketball games um, when I was a little kid. And there were even times when he would take me out of school for a day or two. And we would follow all the, uh, the, uh, the native teams that would come down here to the Valley to come play for state. And um, that's kind of something that he and I had done for many years. And there were so many nail biting games and just so much like support from the native community, um, you know, from Navajo teams, Apache teams, you know, um, that's on awesome teams from down south. And um, of course, down here in the Valley, the city natives, everybody kind of always supports each other. Um, and it was always just like a really healthy rivalry. And so usually during state, you know, that's when, when everything comes to a head. So that's basically what I grew up doing, watching those games um, with my dad. And then also um, just getting a love for the game, playing on my own. I asked Jessica who her favorite player was, why she was drawn to him, and what she took away from him. Well, of course, um, you know, Michael Jordan um, was my idol. Uh, I had all his shoes. You know, if I had known that his shoes were going to be this, you know, expensive, I probably would have kept them all, you know. But I, I used them. I played on. I used them, you know, um, having the best, you know, the new pair of J's every year came out. But um, I think the thing that drew me the most to Michael Jordan was just the fact that he was a, he was a team player. Um, he was really unselfish. He was a very hard worker. 
he kind of comes in at the at the end of like you know his his uh his generation he was one of the young cats and his guys were going out well i'm kind of almost on the tail end of jordan's generation you know and so there's a lot of old school qualities left like in me but i also have a lot of like millennial stuff too you know also these like foundational roots of like hard work and integrity and character teamwork things like that and what about the shoes i do yeah i have um I have a bunch of old pairs that I, I kept. I have a big box of them. I, I, I break them out sometimes. <laughs> it just depends. But but as far as like Michael Jordan, like like I said, he's just, he was like my idol. You know, I had all the posters and all his pictures. Um, You know, I never had the money to go and watch him live, you know, downtown. But every season was like, you know, I got, I got to watch him play in the NBA, you know. And all the other kids are playing outside and everyone was busy. And, you know, I was in there, I was watching the game, you know, and um, kind of just filling my mind with you that he had. And he brought it every single game. And that's that's the type of person, that's the type of player that I wanted to be. And so when it was done playing, it just morphed into my career. Like, it doesn't go away. It just changes. Do you watch new episodes when they are released every Sunday? I kind of want to just put it aside and set a day aside where I could just sit down and watch all of them, you know, in one setting. And being an adult now, you know, I don't really play as much anymore. And so I sound, it sounds kind of funny, but it's like basketball is kind of like a little bit sacred to me because it's like, like, yeah, I could watch every episode on Sunday, but I kind of just, I kind of just put it off a little bit because I wanted to treat it a little bit <laughs> like, like, you know, it, it's something that got me really far in my life. And it's, it, it's, you know, my coach in college, she would always tell me, um, that basketball isn't life, but it teaches you life lessons. I don't know. It's just something, like I said, I, I kind of put it off and I let the episodes build up a little bit. And I just sat down and watched it all in one setting. Thank you for the interview, Jessica. I really appreciate it. My next interview is with community member Julian Rivers. Uh, my name is Julian Rivers and I'm, um, I am a community member here in the Salvador Pimarco, the Indian community. And um, yeah, I've played basketball since I can remember. Like I, I, can remember watching basketball at a young age due to cousins, older cousins watching it. And I kind of just tagged along, but I took it a little further and just kept at it. And here I am today, and I still play when I can, mainly uh, pickleball nowadays. Who was your favorite basketball player, and when did you know he was great? It was Jordan, <clears throat> Michael Jordan. And it was probably the 91 championship. My cousins would watch it. I watched basketball, but didn't really know. I mean, I'd seen Jordan. I just didn't really watch him until that 91 championship. And they they were all in Oz, and I was in Oz. And ever since then, I was a, a fan. And he was an icon to me since then. <clears throat> what was it about Michael that you were drawn to? I think he just showed... Like, I didn't know at a young age what it was, but as I got older, I think it was just leadership. Like, he was, they followed him, and he kind of took on the, all the weight and just went at it and went on it, went at it until he, until he won. And I think that's what drew me to him. Plus the shoes. I like the Jordan shoes. My first pair was probably the Jordan 13 cherries, they call them. And uh, they're basically white and red shoe. They were my first pair. And I think, well, I think, well, I've, I've had some pairs, but they're like hand-me-downs, but the first one was that one, and uh, and it was a new, it took me to another level <clears throat> of collections, 
and I started collecting it probably that age. What was that like? Eleven, and um, collected from there on out. And I don't know how many pairs I have. Bags full. They call it dead stock, which is DS. I have dead stock pairs. Uh, I don't know the count, but I do have a bunch, and I just love to collect them. I'm not me collecting for selling or resale they do nowadays it's just more of just collecting i just like them because they were him he wore them and i kind of still try to be like mike you know michael jordan has been an icon for so many years what is your takeaway on this production uh okay there's okay there's two things i think which is one is there's some new things that some of the diehards i guess would say they are that are, are coming out like the jordan stories of rodman and Pippin stories of so on. So I think those things to the to the diehards are are kind of in ooh and ah. And I think the ones that like are newbies, like that just started collecting Jordans because they're reselling for like thousands of dollars, I think are starting to get to see Jordan and what he what is and why his shoes are so much and why they resell for so much. So I think I like the that just that Jordan is getting back out there for so long, has been playing for so long. So I think that they're just everybody's getting to see him instead of just knowing him for his shoes or product or because his name licked to LeBron or something. Now they're getting actually get, getting to see Michael Jordan in all facets of his life. Did you know about Phil Jackson and his relation to Native American philosophy? I've known it just because they would talk because I would I would watch all the Jordan um, films, whatever came out in, on VHS or DVD at the time and. They would talk about it then, like he would come around with Sage and go around to each player and do the thing. So I thought it was, I mean, we can all relate being Native American, what it would do and what it represents. So I think if you believe in something and as far as culturally, I think it would do just as good as for you if you're not such a, you know what I mean, a, a Native American, so to speak. You can still take in the culture and believe in it. Are you watching as they release, or do you wait until you have a moment alone to savor it? Yeah, I think I savor it. I think I try to get into a, I, and I know, I kind of know everything about it. Like I said, I've watched them ever since I can remember and studied them. But um, I do still take it like it's the first time I've watched them. So I do try to savor the moment and get it where it's kind of just me. And if it is somebody going to be involved, I'm like, they got to be quiet so I can watch it. <laughs> Thank you, Julian. I also had a chance to speak with two people who coach here in the community. Kyrona Rowanhorse, head coach of the Salt River Lady Eagles. We heard from her earlier in the episode regarding her players being signed. And Robert Johnston, who has been a coach for over 27 years. Let's start with Kyrona Rowanhorse, a diehard Chicago Bulls fan. Coach Rowanhorse had one particular hobby surrounding her love of basketball, a hobby I also shared growing up. I used to collect basketball cards and baseball cards believe it or not that's one of my things I every time I go when I lived on the reservation I go to the flea market on Saturdays and I say dad can I have five dollars it's like I was a really big fan I've always been and I followed a lot of players obviously with basketball cards and my card trading and collecting and putting them in getting the plastic sleeves like I really took care of them my mom knows like even when I went to college I took them with me you know, they were kind of like one of my things that I've always liked to do. Were you a Bulls fan first or a Michael fan first? Michael Jordan himself, my, my first love was just the Bulls. I don't know exactly what draw, drew me into it, but like I said, I mean, obviously they're an up-and-coming team during my time. What are your thoughts on Phil Jackson and his embrace of Native culture? 
you know, I never really followed Phil Jackson. I know he's really one of a top-notch um, coach and me as a coach. You know, I really never really looked into some of his stuff, but, like, I knew about the triangle. Obviously, he's one of part of the offense and stuff like that. Like, the biggest thing for me is that um, I didn't know that about him. And then with the event of documentary, it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I didn't even know he was so into it. And, like, it, it was very, um, how would you say it? Like, very intriguing um to know that he was involved with stuff like that and it was good to see like I said there was footage like where he would have them have their shoes off and they were doing this whether it was yoga whether it was doing whatever it was like it was good that like I didn't know that part of him and they didn't know he spent a lot of time in Montana I do know that he was you know out there but like I didn't know that's really what was his his um vibe and it and it made a connection to that's a good connection he made with Rodman in regards to it like they see a different side of, you know, bringing in the native culture was a big thing. And that was just a part, like I was, I had to, I watched it, even though I watched the documentary, I watched it a second time when they replay it. Like, did I miss anything? Like, I just want to watch it again. Like, it was just like, the kids are like, oh, you're watching it again. I'm like, yeah, but I go to my room and watch it. Cause I'm like, I, I want to see if I miss anything. Like, did they say what I thought? Like, it's just one of those things. Like you, you were intrigued with what's happening. So that was a really big um, thing I didn't know about Phil Jackson. And now it's like, wow, I didn't know that about him. And it, it's good that he involves that, um, you know, into their into the program. Like I try to do that, you know, even with any coaching, any basketball team is to know where they come from and to represent where you come from and um, to always carry that with you, knowing that you can, even though something doesn't work out or, you know, that if you want to fall back on something, you guys should know to always go back to your culture where you guys come from. It was nice and it made me happy to know that he brought stuff like that to the team. It made my heart happy knowing that, you know, it's 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 about, you know, the culture and how we go about looking at things. Were you excited for this 10-piece series? Yeah, I mean, I've been looking forward to come out because it wasn't supposed to be released until June. And then when I found out they pushed a release uh, a couple more weeks early, I, I was excited. Like set my my TV thing, got went out and prepped everything for Sunday. Like knowing that we're gonna have a big like Sunday dinner at the house, I went and got sat in line at the Harkins place to get popcorn. Like told my kids about it. Like you guys said, this is a different type of basketball. And our was always like like during my time, he was like. The Bulls were like my my was my all time favorite team, and they still are. Um, I had jerseys. I had Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan jerseys. I wore every Michael Jordan shoe. I still wear them to this day. I only play basketball in number threes, number elevens, and so thirteens, and and they're all labeled. You know, obviously Michael Jordan has a lot of shoes, so I know them by numbers because I have my favorite ones. I play basketball in, and there's some that I just wear like on a daily basis or like, you know, just around, not on the basketball court. Cause obviously they're not made to play basketball, being to play basketball, but you know um, it was, it was a good feeling. Like I explained to my kids, like, you don't know what's, you know, what's going to, how they're going to do it. And it was fun. It was, a, it's an all family thing on Sundays and everybody likes sitting to watch, uh, watch um, the documentary. It's really good. I think sports bring all families together in one way or another. Thank you, Coach. My final interview was with Robert Johnston. Let's hear his thoughts on working and developing young Salt River players. 
My name is Robert Johnston. I've been coaching basketball for 27 years, uh, and uh, majority of my players have been from Salt River. This is actually our 25th year of the Warrior Program, which is our high school basketball program. And what we've been doing is working with young players, uh, help develop them, and give them opportunities to play and be seen so they can take their uh, talents to uh, another level, uh, play collegiately, or actually just to as a door to get them into college, get them seeking uh, more opportunities as, as they get older. What is your basketball background, and why do you love it so much? I come from a very active basketball family. My weekends were filled with going to either a baseball, softball, or basketball tournament. Both my parents played. Um, they played for these teams called the Mesa Indians. So just growing up with the sport, and uh, and we played. and But also, you know, with our family, at our family gatherings, we also played there. So, uh, you know, it just was grew up with basketball. I was surrounded by basketball. but and, and I didn't think of it as a love for the game. It was just something that I did. But it wasn't until I started to watch uh, Magic Johnson and the Lakers during the 80s that I started to become a fanatic with the game, um, that I started to really appreciate the game played at a, a, in a certain way. But I, but I will say that I was a big Lakers fan, uh, starting with basketball when I became an NBA fan. That it hindered me in a little bit because I wasn't able to appreciate other players like Larry Bird or, or, or you know Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons simply because I was such a Lakers fan that I grew to dislike those players and dislike anyone who could beat the Lakers. So when uh, Michael Jordan came around, um, I loved the way he played, but I almost felt guilty that I loved watching him so much because, you know, I knew one day as he got better, he's going to have to face magic. And so as much as I love watching him at the same time, I didn't want him to get better. (laughs) When did you become a Jordan fan? There was uh, the shift that happened. And I think, you know, when, I, you know, I just like the exciting style of basketball. And then when Magic Johnson retired early, that shift kind of like, well, who's the next exciting player? And so then that's when I really started watching the Bulls a lot more. And uh, looking at Michael Jordan is more than just a score. Looking at him as a defensive player, as a team leader, uh, as, uh, uh, you know, a playmaker. And uh, really just start to appreciate his game. What about his greatness? Greatness isn't something you take for granted. And greatness isn't something that's given to you. You have to constantly work for it. And when you fail, it's not a, you know, failure wasn't a, a barricade to keep you from getting where you're going. Failure is a reminder of you need to work harder. You know, that's how Michael Jordan took it. I, I love the line that his father said about him is that if you want Michael Jordan to be successful at something, tell him he can't do it. What are your thoughts on the last dance? When I first heard there was going to be a documentary, I thought, okay, like an hour, two hour documentary. Okay. But then when I found out, you know, we're we're talking like 10 hours, like a mini series. Then I was like, Oh, that, that is great. That is awesome. But I got to say like, 
anticipation for this was just like, I mean, I was, <laughs> I couldn't wait. And when they announced they're bringing it early, I said, oh, thank you, thank you. I lost track of time. I, I didn't know what was Sunday, Monday, Wednesday. You know, it's like, you could say Saturday. I was like, well, what does that mean? <laughs> I lost all track of time. But since the last dance has come out, my days, <laughs> I know my days. Like, what is today? Well, today is two days away from episodes, you know, <laughs> episodes four and five. And I could definitely relate to that. And uh, lastly, Coach, uh, what are your thoughts on Phil Jackson? I, a lot of the cues I took as a coach was from Phil Jackson. And part of that was because when Phil in his books related to how he took a lot of Lakota teachings, indigenous teachings, and applied them to his team, not only the Lakers, I mean, not only the Bulls, but the Lakers. I remember Shaq used to talking about like, the only thing he didn't like about Phil was walking into that room and smelling sage and making and putting sage on them. And he was laughing like, what the heck was he doing? What was that about? You know, he didn't know he was getting smudged by Phil Jackson. But, you know, <laughs> that, but I love that. And it started thinking about me as like, well, how come we're not doing that as, as Native American coaches and Native American mentors and teachers? How come we're not? utilizing more of our ancestral teachings and what we do because basketball itself is a game that was derived from indigenous culture. Football, American football was derived from indigenous cultures. You know, baseball derived from indigenous cultures. Team sport is indigenous culture. It's a way of teaching warriorhood. How do we not integrate it more into what we're doing? So that was a motivational force for me to do that and, and to bring those concepts in uh, that we could still have a level of competitiveness and a level of intensity, but rather than have hate a driving force, how could we make love a driving force? Because that was how we did it traditionally. Wow. Thank you all so much for taking the time to speak with me. It is really appreciated. That is all we have for you today, my friends. Thank you so much for listening. I really, really hope you enjoyed this this episode. And Marissa, do you have anything to add? So if you have anything else to add to this, like we want to hear your stories, whether it be about The Last Dance, basketball, shoes, Michael Jordan, anything, please give us feedback. And also about this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we want to hear everything. You know, we we want to improve and we want to make sure that we're giving you, um, the community, something that you want to listen to. So don't hesitate. Please give us a call. You can leave us a voicemail at our phone number, the Autumn Action News, 480-362-7750. Or you can email News at srpmic-nsn.gov. Wherever you're finding this podcast, whether it's the SRPMIC Facebook page, the SRPMIC Instagram page, just please do us a favor and leave us a comment. We're always eager to hear from our listeners. Thank you once again, my friends, for listening, and we will catch you in the next episode. Be safe out there.